we're back. I'm, I'm so happy to be doing this. Honestly, I'm, first of all, I'm so sorry that it's been so long um, since we recorded the first episode. The week after we recorded the first episode, there was a ton of technical difficulties here in the podcast studio, and we've been trying to get those fixed ever since. Actually still having some difficulties, had a hard time getting started today, so... Hopefully the audio quality is okay for you all. If it's not, I'm sorry. Um, The plan is to record an episode every week until the end of the semester at this point. So hopefully we can keep that up and keep that commitment. Um, Exciting news. Uh, This podcast is now on Spotify. Uh, I'm super excited for that. So go follow us on Spotify. We also have an Instagram now. So go follow us at uh, This Is True Pod on Instagram, so go follow that, and welcome back to This Is True with Isaiah Sanders. I'm, I'm going to start off, I'm going to complain about my March Madness bracket. <laughs> I'm so, obviously, everybody knows you're not going to have the perfect bracket, but I always go in with the mentality that I'm going to have the perfect bracket, and if you were like me, um, you had Kansas not getting eliminated in the second round. I had them making the title game, and they went and lost the other day, so my bracket is shot. I had them making the title game and then losing to Bama, Alabama, and uh, they lost to Arkansas. I'm in fifth place in my friend group bracket challenge, so need to work up the the chain if I want to have some bragging rights at the end of this. We've seen some great upsets uh, here in the March Madness so far. Um, I mean, we do every year, but th- this year there's been some incredible ones. Uh, Farley Dickinson over Purdue, a 16 seed over a one seed. What an incredible game! I, I'm not a huge basketball person, but that was an incredible game. I I watched that one and it was awesome. And we have Furman over Virginia. That was a 13 seed over a four seed. That was a good up- upset. We had Princeton. Prince Princeton's turned into the Cinderella story of this year, honestly. Have them. They're they're 15 seed. And they beat number two seeded Arizona, and then they also beat the seven seed Missouri to make it to the Sweet 16. Honestly, they're playing Creighton. I forget what seed Creighton is. Um, personally, after watching them beat Missouri, I think they have a chance to beat Creighton and then make it to the Elite Eight. So we'll see if that happens. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm not a huge basketball guy. I watch March Madness, but that's about it. Um, from what I've seen, though, I, th- I think Alabama's going to win it, um, which is just great because, like, if you haven't had enough of Alabama fans bragging about football for the last decade, well, gr- good news, you're now getting to hear them brag about basketball too. So that's just wonderful. But <laughs> All right, let's get on. The big, the big topic I want to talk about today on this episode is some notable NFL quarterback signings uh, from free agency and just that sort of thing. So some some sign got some free agents that were signed and then some potential trades and signings. We'll get into it. Um, the first one I want to talk about, Geno Smith, a quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. He just signed a three-year, $75 million. I think it has the potential to turn into more than that, but three years, 75 is the base contract. I mean, props to Geno Smith, man. Uh, he was considered a bust when he was drafted. I mean, he's been in the league over a decade at this point and just always just considered a draft bust and a backup. And 
and then just won the starting job for the Seahawks last year and goes to throw for 4,200 yards, almost a 70% completion percentage, and 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, that, wow. I I didn't see that coming. I thought, honestly, I, I, I thought the Seahawks were going to be terrible this year. And not only were they not terrible, they were good. They were beating teams. Uh, I was highly impressed. Um, I do question whether this is a long-term fix for Seattle. Because at the end of the day, we have a lot larger sample size of Geno Smith being a backup-level quarterback than a starting level. So I'm just curious, did he like catch lightning in a bottle and this was a one-year thing? Or can he sustain this success for the next three years as his contract? Is it, was it a flash in the pan? And I don't really know. I hope it's not for Seattle's sake and for Geno's sake, honestly. Um, but I don't know if I was in the front office at Seattle, I would have been extremely hesitant to give out this deal. I would have probably given a franchise tag versus a three-year deal like this. I would, I would just be extremely worried about, I, I, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I, I want Geno Smith to succeed. But I just don't know. I just don't know. If I was Seattle, I probably would have franchise tagged him and drafted a quarterback this year to sit behind him for a year or two. But I'm not in the front office, and we'll see who ends up being right. I have a feeling I'm going to end up being wrong, and but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the second one I really want to talk I'm excited about this. If One thing you should know about me, I'm a big Derek Carr fan. Love Derek Carr. Don't like, didn't like the Raiders, but I like Derek Carr. So I want to talk about him going to the Saints. Um, got traded, I believe. Can't remember if he was. Now, not should have written that down in my notes. I can't remember now if he was traded or if he just signed with them. That is on me. I apologize. Um, anyway, he's going to the Saints from the Raiders. Threw for thirty-five hundred yards last year. Has a had a sixty percent completion percentage. Uh, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, um, which not incredible numbers, but if you look at what he had around him, it's really quite impressive. The, the, the Raiders fell apart this past year. They really did. I mean, their slot receiver, their tight end all got hurt. Um, just not, not a good situation this year in, in Las Vegas with the Raiders. And Derek Carr still put together, on a personal level, put together a very good season. Um, but anyway, he goes to the Saints, uh, four years, $150 million, $60 million of that is guaranteed. I think he's going to have great success in New Orleans. I really do. Like I've said, I'm a big fan of him. But look at the division that he's going to, the NFC South. Derek Carr is automatically the best quarterback in that division. I mean, look at the other quarterbacks in the division. Atlanta just signed Taylor Heineke. Who knows if he's going to be their starter this year. But right now, it's him and Desmond Ritter. Um, both of whom, I believe we can safely say, Derek Carr is better than. Um, then down in Tampa, Baker Mayfield just went to Tampa. Which, side note, I'm sure I'll talk about this more. I'm also a big Baker Mayfield fan. Um, I know he has a lot of haters. I'm a big Baker fan. 
But at this point, I believe Derek Carr is a better quarterback than him. And then the other team in the division is the Panthers. They don't even have a quarterback yet. We'll, we're going to talk more about that in other episodes, I'm sure, who they're going to draft. But this year, I would say it's safe to assume that whoever the rookie quarterback they draft is, Derek Carr is going to be better than, at least for this year. I don't know about long term. Um, so he goes from having Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson in his division to automatically being the best quarterback in his division. So he's automatically going to have a shot at a home playoff game and is legitimately one of the better quarterbacks in the NFC at this point. Because if you look at all the star quarterbacks in the NFL, most of them are in the AFC right now. Carr leaves that, becomes the best quarterback in his division, is going to have a home playoff game, automatically becomes one of the best quarterbacks in his conference. I think this was a huge trade for the Saints. I mean, this is a great move from them they've been kind of scrambling at quarterback ever since um they lost theirs a couple years ago in drew Brees. they've been looking for a replacement um and i think this was a home run signing for them i think they're going to be very very happy with that car car is a top 12 quarterback in the league in my opinion you look at the best quarterbacks top 32 quarterbacks in the nfl i'm putting car 10 to 12 10 to 12. He's not a top 10 guy, but he's fringe, very close. I think on the, on his best days, he is definitely he, he's closer to a 10 than a 12. But this is a very good signing for the New Orleans Saints. I'm really I'm really excited to see how this pans out. Next quarterback I want to talk about. Daniel Jones. He just signed a uh, signed a new deal with his team, the uh, New York Giants. Um, let's see, 2022, he threw for 3,200 yards and had uh, 708 rushing yards and had 22 total touchdowns. Four years, $160 million is his new contract. $92 a million of that is guaranteed. Here's the thing. I'm never going to complain about a player getting paid. Players should, by all means, go out there and earn as much money as they possibly can. That being said, Daniel Jones just committed armed robbery. $40 million a year for Daniel Jones? That is absurd. You could have signed any number of free agent quarterbacks for that number, and you chose to give that money to Daniel Jones. I, I, I really hope that this works out. I really do, but... Here's what I think is going to happen. Daniel Jones is going to walk away with generational wealth at the end of this contract. And the Giants are going to be looking for a different franchise quarterback in two to three years. I don't think Daniel Jones is that guy. He was overdrafted, in my opinion. I believe he went sixth overall when he was when he was drafted was three or four years ago. I forget exactly. He was overdrafted. He's Has he shown sp- Spurts of being a good quarterback? Yes, he has. Has his head coach helped him develop into a better quarterback than he was? I, I, I believe so, but is he forty million is he a forty million dollar a year guy? I don't think so. He had fifteen passing touchdowns all year. He only threw for two hundred yards, over two hundred yards, seven times. Included and that includes his two postseason games. So over 19 games, he only threw for over 200 yards seven times. If you're the Giants, 
are you really willing, willing to pay tier one QB money for a man that only gives you about 180 yards a game and under one passing touchdown a game? I'm not if I'm the Giants. I'm not. I would have gone out and got gotten. I, I would I would have gone out and gotten a different quarterback or franchise tag. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that were on the market right this year that the Giants could have tried to go out and get. I mean, Derek Carr, like we've already talked about, Lamar Jackson, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and Aaron Rodgers, who we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. All three of those, I think, are better than Daniel Jones. All three of those are better than Daniel Jones. I, I think that I think this was a bad moves on the Giants part, and I, I think we're going to see that in the next year or two, that this was just a very unwise contract decision on the part of the New York Giants. All right, well, now let's move on to uh, Lamar. Um, I said we were going to talk about him, so we'll talk about him. Lamar Jackson, this is really interesting. If you keep up with NFL news in any way, I, I you'll, you'll see that there's been a lot of drama surrounding Lamar Jackson this offseason. Um, he's been the Raven, the Baltimore Ravens have given him the non-exclusive franchise tag, meaning another team could choose to trade two first-round picks and sign him still. Um, I, I don't think that will happen. I think he'll end up playing for the Ravens this year for that non-exclusive franchise tag, which is uh, means he'll get paid $32.5 million, roughly. Um, which is a lot of money. It's ridiculous how much money is getting paid this day. And I'm, I'm glad they're getting paid, but this is absurd that we're paying athletes this much money. I mean, it's it's really cool, but it is astonishing to me the size of the numbers we're beginning to talk about. Um, Here's what appeared to happen, or at least to me, appears to have happened in this whole situation. Lamar Jackson has overvalued himself in his own mind. He's gotten overconfident. Is he an incredible quarterback? Oh, by all means. I'm a Browns fan, so I've seen I've seen Lamar Jackson beat my team a number of times. He's an incredible quarterback. He wins something like 80% of the games that he's ever played. He has won. It's ridiculous. He's very good. But he's convinced himself and the people around him have convinced him that he's worth a certain amount of money. And it appears that the league doesn't agree. And what Lamar needs to learn is, you're only worth what people are willing to pay you. If you think you're worth one thing, as hard as it may be to hear, if other people don't think that, that's you're not worth that money-wise. So now, instead of earning a bigger contract, Lamar has instead earned himself the reputation of being difficult to deal with. That, that, that's that's what's coming out. The, the more and more this drags on, the worse and worse Lamar looks. Um, you, can, you can tell by the way that teams were leaking to Adam Schefter and people like that, that they weren't interested. Have you ever heard of a team, this many teams leaking to the media that they're not interested in a, in a, in a franchise quarterback like that? I've never seen such a thing, and I've been keeping up with this game for a while. Teams that need a quarterback, like Atlanta, like the Panthers... That sort of thing. They're they're leaking. Really they're we we're, we're we're out of the running for Lamar Jackson. We don't want him. That that's concerning. That's very concerning. Is it that he wants too much money? I I think that's the biggest the biggest thing. 
I think the other thing could be is he's starting to earn the reputation of being a little bit injury prone. Um, he's missed a, something like 35, 40% of all of his games over the last two seasons. Um, if I was a team, including the Ravens, but it, any team that was interested in potentially signing him, I'd be scared to sink a quarter billion dollars into a franchise quarterback that has shown that when on he's, when he's on the field, he wins, but he's only on the field about half the time. And it is a quarter billion of quarter of a billion dollars. Like that is the number roughly that you're looking at. Lamar wants close to two hundred and fifty million dollars fully guaranteed. I, it just and I, if I was a team, I'd be super scared to do that. Do I think it'll end up happening? Probably. I think Lamar's going to end up having to come down a little bit. I think he's going to get get like a three year. Three year, $150 million fully guaranteed deal. So he'll get $50 million a year, but it's going to have to be a shorter term contract. Probably. I could be wrong about that, but if I, if I had to guess, he's going to have to lower the length of the contract to get the number per year that he wants. Um, I really think it would benefit Lamar at this point to have an actual agent. Because um, right now his agent is his mother. That's awesome. That's great. I'm glad that he's been able to do that so far. In this situation where you're dealing with numbers of this magnitude, there's millions and millions of dollars on the line. I, I think it would be really prudent to have an expert in the field on your side, in your corner. Because he, he doesn't have that at this point. And that is not by any means a shot at Lamar's mother. I'm sure she's doing a phenomenal job, but when you're dealing with numbers of this magnitude and against experts like you're dealing with with these in these NFL front offices, you want to have somebody that's an expert as well. And I'm just not sure that he has that. And I, I, I'm saying it could not hurt. if it, it will not hurt anything to have that for Lamar. The last quarterback I want to talk about um, here is Aaron Rodgers. Um, if you keep up with the NFL, you've probably seen this story as well, but it's really interesting to me. Aaron Rodgers is one of my one of my favorite NFL quarterbacks, so I'm, I'm really just intrigued by this whole situation to see how it's going to play out. But his current team, the Green Bay Packers, and him seem to be parting ways. Um, it, 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 just, it appears now that it's just a matter of where he goes and for what compensation. Um, had a down year for Aaron Rodgers. Um, 64.5% completion percentage, 3,600, 3,700 yards passing, and 26 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. You know it's a good quarterback when that's a down year because that's a pretty decent year. Um, as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, I think he's kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit. Um, he, he went on that darkness retreat that he went on. Um where he like went up in the mountains or something and went to like an abandoned cabin to like, I, I don't know. It was it was kind of weird sounding. It, it kind of sounded fun, but at the same time it kind of sounded strange when he was talking about it on like the McAfee show and that sort of thing. Um, and instead of coming out, out coming out of that darkness retreat with a decision, like he said he was going to, he he then waited a couple weeks. And when he did say something, he said he was ninety percent retired, but then changed his mind when he found out the Packers wanted to move on. 
do you blame the Packers for wanting to move on when you're like going off into darkness retreat, saying that you're 90% retired, and then have been talking about retiring for like the last two off seasons? You you can't blame the Packers for wanting to move on at this point. I mean, he just said he was 90% retired until they he found that out. Well, they obviously the sign was pretty obvious. If you're the Packers, you. you you have to move on at that point. And the problem is now, what team's going to be willing to trade one to two first-round picks to get a guy who every year is debating whether he's going to retire or not and just said that he was 90% retired? The market gets real small real quick for teams that are potential suitors to try to get Aaron Rodgers. Right now, it appears the only real suitor is the New York Jets, but and it appears that in theory they have come to a deal, but they can't agree on compensation, which is understandable because do you want to give up one to two first round picks, which is what the Packers are wanting to get out of this deal for for Aaron for Aaron Rodgers, which is a who's a, an incredible quarterback, but seems one foot in, one foot out on his career at this point. I do think he'll end up going to the Jets. I, I think there's gonna be have to be a good bit more negotiating to do. I do think he'll end up going there um but I, I think there's gonna have to be some sort of there's gonna have to be some give and take on both sides I think probably um, I think the other hurdle for this deal to go through is um how much money Aaron is owed this year he's owed almost 60 million dollars this year in guaranteed money so the I mean the Packers definitely want to get rid of him but he'll, he'll still be a major cap hit for them. I mean, he'd be major cap hits, upwards of over $50 million probably. So it benefits them to get rid of him now to get that cap hit out of the way almost. The flip side, for a team like the Jets, their cap hit is not large at all this year. I want to say when I looked, it was something like $15 million, which is not near as bad as it could be. So that could make the deal slightly more enticing for them, depending, depending on how you look at it. Um, but they still have to pay almost $60 million in cash this year to, as well as send whatever the picks that they end up trading Aaron for. A very interesting situation. The, the whole like NFL like caps and it's something that still kind of confuses me. It's like really interesting conversation, um, all the intricacies of it. Um, I'm really excited to see how this situation plays out. I think it's going to be weird seeing a player like, like as iconic as Aaron Rodgers playing in a different jersey than the Green Bay Packers. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like like when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, it was so weird like the first season seeing him playing in that Tampa jersey instead of the New England jersey. Or like a, play, a player like Brett Favre. It was weird seeing him play in like a Vikings jersey or a Jets jersey back in the day. Um It'll be so so weird, but I'm I'm really excited to see. I think whatever team Aaron ends up going to, he's gonna be successful. I mean, you saw you heard me say the numbers a minute ago. That was a down year. The two years before that, he won back to back MVPs. I mean, he's clearly if he can fully put his mind to it, he's a very very dangerous quarterback to play against, and I think he'll have success wherever he goes. That's gonna be it for this episode. I'm. 
looked at the time. I think we're a little bit shorter on this episode, but that's all I have. Thank you so much for listening to This Is True. We're going to do our best to stay to a regular uploading schedule. Um, Once again, check us out on Spotify. Check us out on Instagram. Really excited to see how the rest of this is going to play out the rest of this semester uploading all these episodes. Thank you.